Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Bring on Missions Sunday. Bring on Missions Sunday. You've, a, you've got a kingdom assignment. You've got a sphere of influence. You've got a gift. You've got a call. You've got something that you're passionate about. You have work to do on the earth. We're going to talk about that next week. This week, we're going to talk about our corporate kingdom assignment because we as a church have work to do on the earth. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, I'm going to focus on, you know, a bit of structure and strategy for a few minutes and then I'm going to hand over to Dan and he's going to tell you all the wonderful things that we are doing. So our mission as a church, what is it? If God left the church on the earth to finish his work, what is the work that he's left for us to do? Jesus gave his, what commentators say, his job description in Luke chapter 4, the very first time Jesus taught publicly. He was in the temple. It was the first, the, what were the first words he said? He was telling us why he was here. And he quoted Isaiah 61. Uh, it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Ethan, can you get this back screen working for me? Thanks. Uh, so if that was jobs, God's job description, Jesus' job description on the earth, then we could say, hang on a minute, that must be our job description too because we're left to finish his work. So get this, the spirit of the Lord is on the church because he has anointed the church. He has set the church apart to proclaim good news to the poor, to set people free who are held captive, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, in their mental well-being, recovery of sight for the blind, recovery and healing, and to bring freedom where there is oppression and injustice, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's a pretty good job description. And that is actually the beauty of the church on the earth for the last 2,000 years. We have been proclaiming good news to the poor. The church set up the first public hospitals, most of the early schools, social welfare systems that we know in the world today. But more importantly, when Jesus declared the words from Isaiah 61, we know it wasn't really necessarily their physical need he wanted to meet. And he did care about their physical need. He really did. But ultimately, he wanted to meet their spiritual need. So we know that. And this is where the church stands out because the government can run lots of programs, provide lots of help, but the church can provide help with hope. That's the difference. Help with lasting hope. So that is what we're out to do. So our mission has got three focuses. As a church, we divide it into three groups, kingdom, community, and nations. Com community, because Jesus asked us to care for our neighbor. Nations, what did he tell us to do? Go into all the worlds. And kingdom, because he said, go and make disciples. 
And I'm hoping as you look at these three circles that you'll love them or that you'll love one of them, that something will resonate with you and you will get a passion for this vision. So in Community and Nations, we run programs that care for the poor. We bring aid to places that are in destitution like Syria and Turkey right now. But we obviously aim to do more than care. We want to ad advocate. We want to educate. We want to empower. And then ultimately, we want to bring them towards Christ. And that's the kingdom circle. And in the kingdom circle, we directly invest in missionaries. We directly invest in the global church and church planting. And we directly invest in programs that share the gospel. So that is pretty good. And we fund all of these things from your missions giving. So you're actually the one who is doing all of these incredible things. And the other thing we do, we fund it with your missions giving and the only other thing that funds it is 10% of your regular tithe, which also comes from you, so thank you very much. We tithe on your tithe to make sure the mission and the kingdom of God gets beyond these four walls. So that's how we fund it all. Some practical information for you. You should see a flyer on your seat. Have a little quick look. Okay. Giving is tax deductible to the Missions Foundation. We also have another bank account. If tax deduction is not important to you, the office will give you those details. If we don't have a tax deduction, then we've got a bit more freedom to share the message of the gospel. So I want you to consider what to give. Uh, but you don't have long because we're taking up our offering next week. We've got seven days to think. Uh, so next week in all three services, we're going to take up our offering. So you can complete the form and bring it back that day, or you can actually complete it online if you'd like to do it that way as well. Uh, so just a little thought uh, as we have time to consider this week, and I do believe God's going to speak to you about how to give in your worlds because it's all of us making this happen. And, you know, in the last few weeks, I read from Leviticus, and this was God's little whisper to me for missions. And the Bible sets up a beautiful way to care for the poor. He told the Israelites, you know, when in Leviticus chapter 19, he said, uh, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your fields or gather the gleanings. Gleanings just means the leftovers of your harvest. Do not go over the vineyard a second time and pick up what's fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. And this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Mindy, the edges, the leftover things, rather than collect them for yourself, make, give them to the poor. Or That's what I want you to allocate to what I'm calling missions to do. And I freaked out a little bit because inflation, interest rates, cost of living, my groceries are so expensive. Um, so I just had this little internal challenge to cut back my personal spending for a little while, which means you might see some creative outfits, although today's black is not a good example, because I want there still to be leftover. And in your worlds, I'm just praying God makes space so at the edges and the leftovers, you're going to have something to gather up and bring it next week. Okay, over to you, Dan. Thanks, Mindy. Happy Mission Sunday, everyone. Good to see you all. How are you going, Pete? <laughs> well, I'm excited for the word that God has given our church this year. Go. And at first, when Roz mentioned this word, I thought she was talking about Moses's, let my people go. But clearly, it was not that go. 
It clearly wasn't that. We don't have a Red Sea, but we do actually have a Lake Macquarie. So after church today, everyone, we're going to march down to Warner's Bay. We're going to hope the waters part, and we'll march over to Toronto. All right? Who's with me? No. <laughs> but it's the go into all the world. Go into all the world. And who knows, there are some dark places in this world. And so when Jesus said all the world, I'm pretty sure he meant those dark places as well. And um, that's why we need the Holy Spirit leading our go. We need his help. We need his help. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, the disciples started speaking in different languages. And this had never been seen or this had never been heard before. In Acts 2, it tells us Jewish worshippers from faraway lands were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. And they could hear the disciples speaking their own native language. Verse 11, it says, We hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. Can you imagine what a shock this would have been for them? It's like you being in, say, Venezuela. And all of a sudden you hear, G'day, mate. Any more Vegemite singers around here? That's what it would be like. That's what it would be like for these Jewish visitors in Jerusalem at the time. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead our go, he will minister. And it's our job to speak the language. It's our job to speak the language. To speak the language of hope. Speak the language of the gospel. Speak the language of love in our relationships. And speak the language that carries light into those dark places. So, I'm telling you that because we have a language in our church. And in this kingdom, we have a language, a heavenly kingdom language. And as Mindy was sharing before, I was just so stirred about some of the words and things she was saying and using. And I hope as I'm sharing over the next 20 minutes, that there'll be some things in you that the Holy Spirit nudges you with. And corporately as a church, that will be open to the Holy Spirit really leading our go. Amen? Let me just quickly pray. If you feel like you can even just lift your hands like this or put them up, that would be terrific. Right now, Holy Spirit, we need you leading our go. We need your help with our missions. As a church, that you would put our hand to the plow, you would give us direction, give us wisdom, give us strategy, give us ideas, give us pathways, that we can speak your language, Holy Spirit, in our communities, that you would be the thing that travels and causes the light to shine in those dark places. Amen. Awesome. Firstly, kingdom. In our kingdom component, Here is a list of some of our mission recipients we support. Liberty People, Pastor Steve and Helen Blake, the Disses, who are mentoring and coaching pastors in Sri Lanka, and they have a real heart to help a number of the pastors there with their mental health. Alliance Church in Israel. We support a church in Jerusalem called Alliance Church, and we do believe it's important to bless the work of the ministry in Israel. And in fact, the Bible tells us so. Blessed is the one who blesses Israel. May those who love her prosper. Scripture. Go the mighty scripture teachers, the SRE teachers. We need you. Primary and high schools. To this day, many of my school friends actually still remember their scripture teachers. So it shows you the value that is in um, that space. Stephen Joseph, who is an 
who is an apostolic pastor in Sri Lanka. And Stephen has trained and developed over 100 pastors in that nation. And he will be here in a couple of weeks' time, and we love him. So we've got Youth Alive as well that we donated towards last year, Ukraine and Polish churches. All right, firstly, Ukraine. Earlier last year, we partnered with Kirk McAteer, who is the head of AOG Missions in the UK. We provided 5K in relief support to the churches in Poland and the Ukraine that Kirk was working directly with. Polish churches were turned into bed hostels to host the refugees. You know, there's something, something valuable in helping refugees. Jesus, even as a child, was a refugee. So it was wonderful to be able to partner with them. They were also used as warehouses, these churches, to store food, nappies, medicine, clothes, water. And some of these resources also sent to the Ukrainian churches to help them be the Good Samaritans. I love what Kirk said. Listen to this. The best language I can use is the Polish church is being the Good Samaritan to their neighbor who has been beat up. And we are able to resource the Good Samaritans. Liberty people. We've supported the work of Steve and Helen Blake for many years now. They have helped plant a number of churches all over the world. And last year, I got to visit one of the churches in Mindoro, which is an island in the Philippines. Our church has contributed a significant amount um, to this building right here that's going to seat 500 people. The incredible thing about this church is that um, they have now gone on to actually plant 13 other churches on that island. There is a revival happening in that island where the young people have this spiritual hunger and God is drawing them in. Um, But the governor of the island is a Christian and he's giving this church absolute favor. And so it's incredible some of the stories that are coming out of that place. Liberty People are running a combined church event in Kiribati which is a tiny island in this Pacific region. It's tiny. And there has been a a need for a combined church gathering. And Steve and Helen have it in their heart to put that on for them. But guess what, church? We are providing the sound equipment for that event. And that we're hoping that post the event, we'll be able to even do some pastoral training for some of the pastors there. Amen. Last thing to tell you about Liberty People, they've mobilized three groups, three groups in Turkey to support the recent earthquake disaster. And as the death toll actually rises, I heard on the news, to over 23,000, these groups are going to provide food vans, health supplies, mobile bread kitchens. So as a church, this week, we were actually going to give to those groups. And so if this is something you would like to contribute to, head to our giving form on our website and you can add Turkey Earthquake Appeal in the comments section. Youth Alive. Okay, upon reopening our churches after, sorry, upon the reopening of churches after COVID, restrictions finished, but sadly a number of youth groups didn't come back. And as a church, we care enough about our young people and our youth ministry to sow into their future. So we contributed to the youth alive this past year, and we are going to do it again this year. Here is a thank you video from Matt Wiley, the director of Youth Alive. Well, what a year it has been for Youth Alive here in New South Wales. I just wanted to take a small moment to say a big 
Thank you to all of our sponsors and partners who contributed financially toward Youth Alive this year. Without you, we simply could not have produced the fruit that we did. This year, we reached 5,709 people through our outreach rallies. And of those reached, 790 responded to the good news of Jesus. This year, we ran the first State Youth Alive rally in a decade, and we were thrilled with the turnout. 2,600 people attended and 262 responded to the gospel. We had around 92 youth ministries represented and well over 10 different denominations in attendance. And finally, for the first time in 10 years, we ran our first high schools tour in Sydney. We had students from those schools attend our rally and hear the gospel, which is so powerful. The world seeks to bring division while Youth Alive unifies the church. The world is becoming more and more complex while Youth Alive preaches the simple gospel to thousands of teenagers. Without your contribution, this simply could not happen. So thank you. God bless. Wow, generational, isn't it? Reaching our next generation. There's a fair bit of content. I'm just warning you guys this morning. There's going to be a lot for you to process and a lot for you to take in as I'm sharing. But that's because of our church. Our heart is so outward focused. So you'll probably walk away from today going, wow, my gosh, where do I start? Where do I think about this? I totally, I totally understand and get you. All right, let's keep moving though. Nations, our Haynes Children's Home, and we've got Christian Faith Ministries, which is Kent and Ruth Hodge in Nigeria, and Oslob, a church in the Philippines that we resource the building extensions for. Firstly, Haynes Home. As a church, we partner with the Haynes Children's Home, located in Tirupattur in India. We've been supporting them for over 11 years now. Is that right, Jess? Woohoo! 11 years, come on. And all of the children come from families living in, po- in poverty in this local community. The home is now recommended by government departments for destitute children to come to, which in India is unheard of. Sadly, these last couple of years, Compassion, World Vision, some of these big organizations have actually had to pull out of India. So it's incredible that God is continuing to show favor on the Haynes home so we can be a place of hope in this community and for these children. We recently provided them with funds to purchase a new bus. How good's that? But as you can imagine, Indian roads are not quite a picture of work, health, and safety standards. So Brett Watson and Hi Viz, I'm telling you, we could use a bit of help over there with some of the road signage. But so the bus was highly needed. Here's a video to give you a bit of a window and snapshot into what we do in the Haynes home. Hello, my dear family in Australia and the body of Christ. So uh, I hope you are all doing good. So this is Jabba Jennifer. Uh, and uh, I work here as a social worker in the Heinz Children's Home. So uh, my vision and the desire for the children is to make them as a good leader. So every day we are teaching them a good leadership like planning, organizing, decision making, etc. So thank you all for your uh, wonderful help and fun for you all. Thank everyone for your kind heart. So love you all so much. Thank you. <laughs> Hello everybody, my name is Simon, I am studying 12th standard, my study is very well uh, and uh, 
my i think about thank you for your sponsorship and uh, you are really very grateful and uh, i pray for every day in your mary church and my sponsors uh, my aim is i am become a good is officer thank you for your help and jisandi uh, and macquarie life church thank you for hi everyone i am kanchana i am studying in 12th standard my favorite thing in heinous food care and protection safe love food thank you so much we love you so jenny what is the hard part with social education actually we all um, we pro we provide all the needs like food shelter clothing and counseling music and vocational training etc okay thank you so what impact does the home have on the surrounding community um uh, we organized a medical camp so that uh, people from the surrounding uh, home uh, they will come for the medical camps and they uh, they get medicines from from our doctors that we arrange here uh and we give groceries uh, in the covid around the 100 people we have given uh, groceries food items for the widows in that community and what would you like to see in the future of children's home i would like to see the vocational training for the children and micro business for the widows Hello everyone. I am Sudanti Matthew. I am studying tenth standard. And favorite is Hines Home. Uh, dancing, singing, playing games, everything. I love Hines Home. Thank you so much, everyone. I love uh, Macquarie Church and uh, uh, Australian people. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Jerker. During COVID, we were also giving care packs and food packs to the widows in this area. And sorry. <laughs> um, listen to this. Jess Bailey in our church, who does an incredible amount of work with the home, shared this story. One of the ladies in the community who was not a Christian received a food package from us. She was so desperate and had been praying to her gods for someone to come. She was so moved by the help and not long after this because a Christ sorry she was so moved by the help and not long after this became a Christian she then reached out and led her family to Christ they then raised money and built a tiny church building on a small parcel of land that was in her name Whew. how incredible that's the gospel of grace in true transformation right there some needs they are hoping to meet in the future this year for the Haines home install a computer room with around 8 computers upskilling the kids on how to use a computer is so important for their future conduct a medical camp for the local community set up a trade school in the home for the older kids to learn skills and then also meet a number of ongoing maintenance costs we're also looking to take a team this year so next um next week we'll have a, we will have an expression of interest form you can put your name down for that all right christian faith ministries kenton ruth hodge founded christian faith ministries in northern nigeria in 2007 
They started with a Bible college, but quickly found out God was calling them to something even bigger when they saw the brokenness and devastation caused by terrorism in Joss. They have now trained over 10,000 pastors and missionaries. And just to help you understand, Joss is in northern Nigeria, which is an Islamic part of the country. So for them to train 10,000 Christian pastors and missionaries, it is mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Um, they do everything there. Hospitals, schools, um, unbelievable amount of work, even tractor rental. So if you're ever in Joss in Nigeria, you need a tractor, you know where to go. They recently started a discipleship center where Muslims who are converted to Christianity need actually a safe place to come and live and learn and be equipped with the foundations of the faith. So the plan is that one day they can actually return to their own communities and share the gospel. And I would love us as a church this year to somehow be involved with partnering with them for that discipleship center. Okay, community, our Mac care arm. Just have a look at this list. The list you can see behind me doesn't even cover, it's probably about three quarters, two thirds of the things we do in the community. I don't have time to go into all the detail. But as a church, that's pretty amazing that we can provide all of this to our community. When it comes to our community, I want to share this passage with you in Mark 6 verse 34. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. What did Jesus do? What was it that I read to you in that scripture? He had compassion, and his immediate response was to actually teach them. He didn't first heal them. He didn't first actually feed them. It was teaching. He taught them because they were lost. But after he had finished teaching them, he drew his disciples' attention to their need for food. So first Jesus preached the gospel, then he organized and resourced his disciples to distribute God's provision to the community. And so hear me when I say this, missions is not just about preaching or meeting a need. It's about the social and spiritual transformation coming together, working together. And that's what we do in Mac Care. We have those two things. That's why we care. We care enough about the physical, emotional, and mental side of a person, but also the spiritual side, their eternity. Manor House. Manor House is a food hamper program that we run every Thursday. We have three volunteer teams to pull this off, three teams. It's the biggest volunteer-based team that we have as a reach, on a reach-out team at Macquarie. Can we give our Manor House teams a clap? These guys, you should see the work that they do. They lift, they smile, they organize, they problem solve, they go above and beyond. They are the true legends, the hand of, hands and feet of Jesus. And here is a snapshot into some of the lives blessed through Manor House. Yeah, this is Abdullah and... Um I came from overseas before maybe almost five years. And um, to be honest with you, like, you know, I'm Muslim, but I, when I got, when I got many, like, 
financial difficulties and I was struggling. The one who supports me, the churches. And they went to many churches and they, all of them, they are supported. And uh, the one who's like, you know, eminent, uh, Gloria. Gloria, she was like, you know, helping us every week since like, you know, before maybe a couple of years. And she's so helpful and her, and her team as well. And um, every week, like, you know, I know and even my family appreciate what they are doing because honestly, um, the groceries, they are like, you know, too much expensive for us. And every week, Gloria helps us with that. And thank you, thank you so much. I'm Wendy Searle. I'd just like to tell you a bit of experience I have with, uh, with the lovely volunteers at Manor House. Um, I've been coming on Thursdays for quite a while and uh, it really is a godsend. Um, I'm a pensioner and uh, I have uh, a son who's um, retraining in his 40s and uh, in this part of retraining he has to spend two lots of six weeks in hospitals, working in hospitals as a nurse, but not getting paid. And so it's a bit of a stretch when you're supporting, paying rent and uh, supporting a, a family. And uh, it's just so, so wonderful. We share the, the goods we get three ways. The volunteers are so friendly. And they've really done a lot of work in the background. I just really appreciate them so much. They're all so friendly that any one of them could be a, a firm friend. Anyway, thank you, and, and thank you to all your volunteers that, uh, that are doing such a wonderful job. Last year, we handed out 4,116 hampers. Our Tuesday, afternoon, our Tuesday afternoon team need one to two strong volunteers who can lift packages and boxes. So next week after the service, as I mentioned before, we'll have an expression of interest form to join that team or another reach out team. And that's when you can put your name down just to find out more information and potentially join. And you know, once our multi-purpose building has been finished up there, look out church, it is gonna be a hub of hope for our community. It is gonna be incredible, that space for us. All right, Red Frogs. Now, the Australian cricket team's been struggling, so we might need a few, more, few of you guys to go and help them. So I'm going to throw a few red frogs out now to see who can catch, because we might need your help on the next flight to India. Here we go. Catching. Heads up, heads up, heads up, heads up, everyone. Ready to catch. Hopefully no one's asleep. Ready to catch, guys. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Our froggers, our red frogs team that we support. These guys are incredible. They are an incredible team who volunteer to serve, support, pray, share Jesus, protect and look after young people at different events such as schoolies, festivals, sporting events and even Saturday nights out on the town. We sponsored our Red Frogs team to travel up to schoolies on the Gold Coast last year. And I love what Daisy, who leads our Red Frogs team, said. A group of the MacLife Young Adults assisted and cared for young people through drug overdoses, alcohol poisoning, sexual assaults, friendship and relationship breakups, mental health breakdowns, and so much more. 
we were able to look into the reality of what life was like for the majority of young people, as well as assisting in the bad times. We were also with them in the good times. We made so many incredible connections and had the best time laughing, cooking pancakes and creating special bonds during the week. I'm so grateful and thankful for the generosity of my church. Your support has exceeded all my expectations in the infamous. Flipping neck, why am I crying again? Uh, your support has exceeded all my expectations. The impact of your generosity will bless and continue to bless the young people in our community. We are praying for that team. God would open doors and stir spiritual hunger in the young people of our city. Seniors Cafe. Once a month, we run a cafe for our beautiful seniors in our community. And we had to put a hold on this the last few years, but we're excited to say it's about to launch again. And it is a team effort to pull this off. So once again, if you would like to be involved, fill out an expression of interest form next week. Our backyard. This is the last one to share with you today. God has blessed and graced our church with his unique gifting to minister to the homeless. And did you know there is a 10-year waiting list for social housing? And as many of you are aware, affordable housing is one of the growing crises of our current decade. Our backyard is a safe place for people to sleep in our car park. We offer them showers, kitchen, and toilet laundry facilities. And from this, we identify people who we can work with to put into a home. And so Macquarie, you partner with enlarged living and property invest, private property investors to put them in a lovely available home. And over a 12-month period, we give them casework. We, keep, um, we give them a number of milestones they have to achieve in the process. And we hope that their life will be transformed. This past year, we helped 65 adults, 17 pets and 13 kids at OBY. Of those people, 12 adults, 3 kids and 5 pets moved into long-term affordable housing, either from enlarged private rentals or social housing. But that's close to 20%. 20% of the people coming into our service that we are able to assist get into a home. God is using us to be an answer in this space. So stay tuned for more of the stories that are going to come from OBY. Just a quick story to show you now. This is Brendan and Lee who applied for over 100 rental properties. As they were not able to get into a property, they ended up sleeping in their car at the front of Toronto Police Station. When people in the police started complaining and telling them to move on, they ended up at our backyard. Brendan has NGO endema, which causes major swelling in his legs. He could die if not treated quickly, and his legs were swelling up in the car at night, causing severe pain. Thanks be to God, we managed to get them into a home. And last year, they came and shared at our Night Under the Stars, our fundraiser for our backyard, which is coming up again in August this year. And we encourage you to have a think about sleeping in your car on that evening to raise awareness for the program. What a story, though, that we were able to be an answer in that space. Next week, you are going to have that opportunity to put your name down for an expression of interest. And I encourage you to have a think about some of the things I've said today. Have a think if you've got a bit of space in your life to contribute to one of those teams and be a part of one of them. Rightio, as I finish... There's a list that will come up here. I want you all to have a quick read of that list. 
This is our year ahead. These are things that we wanna do and achieve going into 2023. You know, nothing happens in the kingdom until something is spoken. And so today, as you read those, and as we pray right now, I want you to be leaving, be believing, agreeing, and speaking with me that as a church, we can pull this off. So right now, if you can close your eyes, I want you to think about one of the things you just read on that screen. Or think about one of the programs that I've spoken about today. Habakkuk says this, I will look to see what you say to me. And so when God speaks, pictures come out of His mouth and they land in our mind. And as your eyes are closed right now, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to give you a vision or a visual picture, a creative way that you can extend your go this year. And so right now I want you praying. You can just be praying in your mind, praying for one of those things that I've shared, believing that as a church that God will continue to open doors. And as you're praying, you might sense the Holy Spirit reveal, like I said, a picture, a vision, a strategy, an idea. Just start praying over that right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are speaking. You are showing, you're unveiling plans, dreams. I just speak right now. I pray and ask for inspiration to flow to our church, for creative ways to do missions. Holy Spirit, you'll show us the steps to take between here and that outcome. You have called us to take ground. And so right now, Holy Spirit, as a church, we take a step forward. We believe together in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.